This episode of the Jamie K podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. Have you had a chance to stream In Cold Blood by Final Right? If not, hit pause, go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, and listen to that EP. It's fucking awesome. More great music coming out of the Hudson Valley. I wonder if it's something in the water, but seriously, Final Right is an awesome band, and I'm happy that their EP is finally out. We're just days away from Payback's LP. It is what it is, and I couldn't be any more excited. I love that band, and I love that LP. So please follow From Within Records on social media to stay up to date on all the current news. So go click your Twitter, your Instagram, and hit that follow button. You can thank me later. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, we travel to Long Island, a place that I hold so close to my heart. Everyone that I've dealt with from Long Island has been amazing to me. Everybody's been so nice and so great, willing to to help and just be friends. And I just love it. I, I, I love that place and I can't wait to be back. But we traveled to Long Island. We had to track down our good friend Scanlon. He does so many awesome things for the scene. He plays in The Fight, Crucify Me, a newer band called Dead Last, which if you haven't, go listen to the America's Hardcore Volume 5 and go seek out the track from Dead Last titled Pain in the Game. And you can just thank me later. But new music from them very soon. But I had such a great time getting to know Scanlon and just to hear his perspective on hardcore and hear about all the awesome things that he's doing with his current bands, The Fight. They have their record release coming out, or excuse me, the record release coming up for Endless Noise, which I'm so happy for them. They have some very awesome bands on that bill. They have a California band on that bill. Shout out Dead Heat coming out of the 805. But it was seriously so awesome for me to finally be able to sit down with Scanlon and get to know him on a personal level. So please strap in, enjoy this conversation, and without further ado, welcome Scanlon to the show. And we're live. Welcome to the podcast, Scanlon. How's it going? I'm uh, doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, being down to do the podcast. I've uh, always uh, had you in mind, uh, but I'm happy that I, I reached out and you were down to do it. So thank you. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I really appreciate you asking me and uh, I think what you're doing is cool. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to talk. For sure. So for uh, the people out there who may not be familiar with um, who you are, uh, can you just give like a, a quick summary of um, who you are and where you come from? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> my name is John Scanlon and uh, I'm from Long Island, uh, a town called Ronkonkoma. Um, <clears throat> I play bass in The Fight. Um, I book shows on Long Island through my company, East Coast Collective, and I have a part in the venue Amityville Music Hall. 
And then I've started other uh, projects during quarantine, like Crucify Me and uh, Dead Last, as well as another one called uh, Poison Control, which will hopefully be out, I don't know, sometime soon. Okay. Hell yeah. I, I wasn't sure um, where you were at exactly in New York, but it, it's cool to hear that I'm, you know, you're, uh, you know, uh, on Long Island because anytime I've ever talked to anybody from Long Island, it, it's always been uh, nothing but, uh, you know, good conversations and, and good people. I, I haven't met anybody bad yet from Long Island. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're uh, we're a good bunch over there, I think. Um, Long Island's doing really well right now with uh, all the bands and everything like that. And all the uh, people in those bands are real people and not like some fakes. So, uh, yeah, it's good to hear that everyone you've talked to from Long Island is a good person because that definitely checks out. Yeah, and it makes me a, a, a bigger fan of uh, your guys' scene because obviously there are a ton of great bands that have come from there and that are currently doing good things um, you know, from there. So it's always nice to be able to talk to more people from your scene. Yeah, uh, who are you? Uh, are you friends with anyone in particular from Long Island, or just like from talking on the podcast? Yeah, it's like I I went to Long Island like a couple of years ago, and I didn't know anybody. But then just through doing the podcast, just getting to know a, a lot of people um, from Long Island. Uh, mm. So I, I feel like I've built uh, like a bunch of good friendships uh, through just doing the podcast, and everybody just uh, actually being down to support what I'm doing. Um, yeah. you know, and me just being a fan of uh, the music, it, it, it's definitely just been a cool thing. Yeah, that's awesome. What were you uh, on Long Island for? I was doing this like uh, like this Halloween East Coast trip like a, a while back, and we had uh, we had this like weird route. Like we stayed in like East Harlem, and then we had we went to Long Island because my my friends are, like really into horror, so we went to like the Amityville Horror House, which mm-hmm. was uh, pretty interesting. Um, but it was just nice to get away from the city because it was like way more chill on Long Island. Yeah. Um, but we were only there for like half a day. Uh, and then we just like from there, we went to Connecticut. So it wasn't like too much time spent on Long Island. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. You drove all the way from the city to see the horror house and you go back. It's definitely cool to see, especially if you're in Amityville. But it, I'm, as you saw, um, it doesn't look exactly how it looks, you know back in the day because i think the people that live there now purposely remodeled it so there wouldn't be as many tourists coming by yeah and the neighbors were definitely not happy with our our presence because they obviously knew why we were there out there taking pictures you know we were dressed in all black Mm -hmm. and totally obvious uh but it it was interesting i'm not like the biggest horror fan so like i I was looking at like pictures on my phone and just like you know comparing it to like the house i was actually looking at so it, it was pretty interesting yeah, literally every band I've ever booked at Amityville almost always asks me uh, how far the horror house is from the venue, and they all go, and then they're like, "Oh, yeah, it was cool, I guess." Yeah, yeah. My my, my friends were super stoked. The, the guys who were like, you know, super that are super into horror, they were so pumped because uh, I I took pictures of them in front of the house, and I didn't really care to get any pictures. It was just uh just a just another day for me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but I'm I am curious about. Uh, did you uh, grow up and on Long Island or did you come from somewhere else? Uh, no, I um, grew up on Long Island my whole life, um, literally up until I was, uh, I think, 26 and then um, moved to Richmond for a year and then came back. And now I live in Brooklyn, which is technically Long Island, even though people from Brooklyn will deny that. But technically, Brooklyn is a part of Long Island. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because I, I have had that, that conversation before where people um, uh, from Brooklyn will deny that. Uh, it's just an ego thing. They like to, you know, 
pretend that <clears throat> Brooklyn is like its own state or something. When if you look at a map, it is literally uh, the beginning or the end, depending where uh, you're starting uh, part of Long Island. So it's Kings County, Long Island and Queens is also Long Island. So whatever. Even if they say it's not, mm-hmm. they're lying to you. Don't listen to them. Interesting. Okay. I, and I, I've been dying to get back to New York, obviously, uh, the, the, you know, uh, past year and um, even right now is a little strange times, but, uh, but I'm hoping at some point I, I can get back to New York and even go to a show, uh, you know, on Long Island. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're still having them. So uh, I'm sure by the time you come back, they'll, they'll still be kicking, hopefully anyway. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious about uh, the fight. I've uh, been a longtime fan of the band. I was put onto them by uh, Keith Freeman. You know, plays oh, in a uh, ton of awesome bands. Great guy. He 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 put me onto you guys. Um, but I'm I'm curious uh, how the band started from your perspective. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, so my friend Quinn, who plays guitar, uh, doesn't know how to play guitar, or well, didn't know how to play guitar, and he just really wanted to start a band because uh, he wasn't really too excited with how the Long Island bands at the time were sounding um, like he's friends with all of them and like some of them, but he just felt like a lot of bands were gravitating towards the heavier side and um, there weren't that many fast or punk bands. So it was his idea to start a band that was more punk and um, to show kids like you don't have to be like heavy or slow to be like a hardcore band. Um, so him and my friend Dylan, who's the other guitar player, they started jamming um, and then they asked me to play, even though I don't know how to play bass, but if Quinn can not know how to play guitar and play, then why not at least let me try it, I guess. So mm. yeah, we just started like that. And then uh, we got Kyle cause he was singing, uh, he wasn't singing. He was playing guitar in Jukai at the time. And um, I think he just wanted to also do like a punk band or like a straight up hardcore band. And, and then we got little D from Sanction and uh, yeah, still, still all the same five people. Um, just a lot of the time, Little D can't play with us, so we have other people fill in. That's more or less how it started. Just wanting to show Long Island kids that, like, you don't have to be, like, heavy or, you know, stuff like that. And some people fucked with it. Some people didn't, naturally. So, but, you know, I think we got our point across, and hopefully it helped. Yeah, I, I feel like at this point, um, you guys are definitely well-known, uh, you know, signed to a good record label. I own this older shirt that has like gotten me in so much shit whenever I wear it out. It's um, mm. uh, it has like Donald Trump on it and the KKK oh, okay. members, and um, and and it says "fuck the alt right" on it. And people mm. always seem to miss that part of the shirt. They always just uh, fixate on like the politicians and the yeah. KKK members, and they always uh, uh, think I'm in support of it when I'm wearing that shirt. So I'm just like, geez, like I I hate that I always have to explain the shirt to people whenever I wear it out. But it, it's it's always uh, uh, pretty interesting though that they always just miss that part. The, like the, the artwork they just like you know fixate on the things that they hate yeah i mean their eyes obviously go straight to you know the main image but uh yeah <laughs> quinn made that shirt and it, it went like people liked it and everything but um i don't think you're the first person to say that uh some people took it the wrong way in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, so i'll add that to the file department and let them know i mean the complaint <laughs> department and let them know Oh, I, I'm not complaining. I um, I I think it's awesome to to to, yeah. uh, to to be that bold to have that kind of imagery on a T-shirt, especially during the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty brave of you guys to, to do that, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, another thing too, like I mean, that's like the easiest, like straightforward political thing you could do at that time. But mm-hmm. a lot of we felt that a lot of Long Island bands weren't 
politically charged or, you know, which like it's, it's fine if mm-hmm. you're not like there's plenty of hardcore bands that I like, especially from olden times that like don't really talk about politics. But then there are obviously the ones that are very po- uh, political driven that um, I think stick out, not necessarily more, but I think they have more of a message, whether it's politics or, you know, like veganism, straight edge, stuff like that. I, I like when a band has a message, um, which I feel like sometimes that doesn't really um happen in modern times i feel like most people are kind of just writing out of anger and stuff which is also fine because that's hardcore Mm -hmm. but uh when there's a message uh i obviously am able to relate more at least give respect and credit to it so no i i definitely agree and sometimes i feel like uh, people might be a little uh, hesitant to actually speak their mind and take a stance, especially um, when you have to go out there and present it to like an entire community and have to, you know, kind of uh, back up like what you actually feel and what you're saying. So sometimes people don't like to go out there and, uh, you know, push that narrative, which I, I understand. Yeah. But but when a band does decide to, uh, you know, have a real message, I, I find it really interesting. And I, I tend to like that a lot more. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, like uh, sometimes it's not the best to put your idea, well, not ideas, but like your opinions out there because, you know, not everyone's the same. Not everyone has the same opinions. I feel like mostly, though, in hardcore, at least in terms of like the things that were going on with like Trump, say, and like things of that nature, like ICE and all that shit, almost everybody, I would hope, uh, was on the same page mm-hmm. of like, you know, hating those um avenues uh but uh yeah i think people should um you know try to maybe voice their opinion more it also gives your band personality in a way you know at least you're like got a message and like i don't know the amount of times i listen to a demo or a record and it's just about hating their dad or something it's like that's cool but uh you know give me give me something that you're like angry about at the world or in your in your life. I don't know. Yeah. Make it a little more uh, personal. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I, I wonder if people uh, don't do that because they're, they're afraid of uh, the, the hate that could come along with it. Cause obviously uh, they want to come out and maybe be cast in a positive light and, uh, you know, get more fans instead of uh, obviously having to like maybe piss off people and maybe, uh, you know, cut some people out. But I, I feel like that's, normal like not everybody's gonna like your band to begin with even if you decide to you know not go that route yeah i mean that's hardcore anyway you know like you're not supposed to be in my opinion doing a band or writing a zine or whatever the fuck you're doing to you know uh to involve yourself you're not supposed to be doing it to appease people Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be doing it to share your message or share your anger or doesn't you know necessarily be anger it could be um just just any kind of emotion really whether it's like depression or you know um and kind of just like put it out there in the world you should be doing it for you not trying to appease somebody or even trying to like i don't know i feel like if you're a band trying to appease people then you're just trying to be like some i don't know i feel like you just want to be like a cookie cutter touring band that like somehow gets big but it's not going to happen a lot of times so yeah and i I feel like a, a lot of times uh, people will catch on eventually, right? And yeah. kind of realize, oh, this isn't really like authentic, and uh, I, I feel like that stuff is easily, uh, you know, sussed out. 
but I, I, I definitely uh, agree though. I, I, I uh, appreciate people who come in and are just kind of doing things, uh, you know, for themselves. And it's, it's cool to see things catch on like in an organic way, not because of, uh, you know, there's like some hype band or for some other, you know, bullshit reason. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So the fight, uh, you know, catches on, you guys are doing a ton of stuff. Uh, but I, I, f- I find it pretty interesting that you guys uh, are doing the record release for Endless Noise, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in about a month. Uh, is, is it weird to to do it so late? Because you guys have put out uh, new music since that record. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, uh, we ha- were one of the unfortunate bands or, you know, um, that put out a record literally right when the quarantine happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we were supposed to have a record release March 23rd or something like that of 2020 and literally a week prior to that is when everything shut down so it's funny calling it a record release because obviously the record's been out for you know a year and a half plus at this point mm-hmm. but we just wanted to do the show again and just like have all our friends bands play and um, you know it's just like it's definitely a way to celebrate the record being out but at this point it's like we're not like I don't I don't think the um the enthusiasm's still there like within the band like we're psyched to play like don't get me wrong mm-hmm. um, and I can't speak for everyone else I'm just speaking for myself but um I, it just is like it's definitely weird to do a record release a year and a half later when the record's like been out and like hopefully people still remember the songs or hopefully people are now gonna like re-listen to it or even listen to it for the first time because that show is coming up um but uh, the show's gonna be fun. And the weekend we're doing with Dead Heat and Be All End All Around It will be fun. So I'm just I'm just happy for that. Having to have fun, see my friends, and that's about it. So going back to 2020 when the record was um, getting released, was there ever any thought to try to pump the brakes and stop the release from happening since it was such a, a you know weird time for for everybody in the world because obviously uh, like it, it wasn't planned to do it during that week when things were uh, you know locking down yeah. and getting super crazy but was there ever any thought to be like holy shit like maybe this isn't the best time and let's try to stop the release and push it back uh no honestly not at all mainly because like just like everyone else in the world i think everyone thought that this was only going to last two weeks like because we're all idiots but Mm -hmm. um you know uh it would have been hard anyway because i think uh, if i remember correctly the week because we played we played richmond like the week before no yeah the week before like everything like shut down for good and like that that week that things shut down was like when the record was coming out so like we already had like sam already had like whatever planned for it and it just would have been like a whole thing so we you know we just went with it and then i remember we first postponed the show from march to like june because we you know I, we just thought june everything would be fine and then naturally we just had to postpone it again um but i don't i don't think uh <clears throat> you know sitting on the record for like the year and a half would have like helped anything you know I, I know plenty of bands that have done that like there's definitely bands out there that have had recorded material and are just sitting on it and just like waiting for the world to be a better place, which like I guess I understand, but I feel like if I would have sat on this record for a year and a half and then maybe like listen back and be like, oh, we could have done this better, or like we could probably just write, you know, <clears throat> like better songs or something, and like maybe not even want to put it out after a year and a half. Because at that point, you might already been 
he might have already written another record or he might have like just even written a few songs you know um so i'm glad we put i'm still glad we put it out i just obviously wish we could have uh played off of it so yeah no i i definitely understand that perspective and it is uh like a definitely a strange thing because obviously uh none of this was planned and and it, it, it like thinking back it, it it like doesn't seem like the flow of hardcore like really stopped because obviously like you know shows and stuff got put on pause but when it comes uh, to the, the music aspect because the bands uh not all bands but there were still bands releasing music you know bands that have yeah. been around and a ton of new bands popped up so even though you guys did release the record um in that crazy time uh it, it still doesn't even feel like uh like that long ago because uh yeah I, I just like thinking back because uh, obviously th- there wasn't it's not like you guys put it out and missed out on like a, all these opportunities uh, like that could have happened, but it's like the whole thing got put, put on pause, right? Everybody was in the same yeah. boat. It's not like you guys put this record out and could have gone on all these tours. It's like everything stopped. So it's like you guys put it out and weird time, but uh, I feel like you guys get to do the show next month. And uh, you know, I, I feel like you can still capitalize on the songs on that record. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like everything was like shut down. So even though we're playing these shows, you know, a year and a half later, all the songs that we're playing are for the first time live and like it's still exciting. And like people who've seen us before, they're at least they haven't seen those songs and, and things of that nature. Um, the only thing that I think does suck though when releasing uh, material during that, that time was like any typical hardcore kid or eh, not even just hardcore, but just like, I think uh fan of music like once a record's out you know you'll sit with it for an x amount of time but then eventually it gets lost with time and then you're on to like the next thing and that's like a big issue in hardcore because like almost every week there's like a new demo i mean it's sick don't get me wrong but mm-hmm. like almost every week there's like a new demo a new record and then like i feel like the only way to really stay relevant ish in like hardcore is to like you know put out that demo record and then like play some shows around it so people are like still see your name and like check out the record and stuff like that so i don't necessarily think like people stop listening to us or anything like that and people are still checking out the record but i think um you know if we would have played that record release and then obviously played whatever however many other shows after that like i think there would have been more momentum but at the end of the day um i can't like i said before i can't speak to everyone else uh but at least i think that like you know it's fine it doesn't really matter we're just a hardcore band we're not like it, it doesn't matter when our record came out you know we're just gonna play when people want to see us and um if people ask for us to play shows we're gonna play shows so we're not like bummed that we possibly missed any like touring opportunities or anything like that so we're okay yeah well when i think of uh, your scene uh like the fight is a band that comes to mind so uh i i, I think you guys do or have done a good job of representing uh you know uh, you're seen very well. So when people think of your area, um, you're one of the bands that people think of. Uh, so I, I don't think you guys are one of the, those bands that could have got lost. It's because of the stuff that you've done before. And I think the record is great. Like I, I love the record. Um, so I, I think you guys will be fine. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the kind of words. Uh, I definitely appreciate that. So, and uh, so the record comes out uh, last year. Do you have any, 
like thought to maybe try to get creative to to stay relevant to stay in front of people um and like, keep their attention or are you guys just kind of like all right let's just kind of see how this whole thing plays out and we'll figure it out then oh like during the uh, pandemic you're asking like yeah, yeah. um yeah it was like i said like uh, you know, I don't have any, I don't knock anyone who did live streams. I have plenty of friends that did the live streams. I don't mm-hmm. knock anyone who like maybe tried to engage with people through social media or anything like that. Like I get it. You're trying to like keep your fan base there or like build one or whatever. Like I said, we're just like a band that's just doing this for fun. Like we don't care if we're ever like super popular or anything. Um, so we didn't really do anything. Um, the only thing we did was during the pandemic uh when obviously everything was going on with uh you know like george floyd and all that um we uh us and rule them all which we shared an instagram with because that's how little we both care about social media <laughs> for sure um we uh we did like a split where we covered discharge and they covered uh dag nasty raised money and uh donated it to aclu and um uh the other organizations uh uh, out of my brain right now because uh, I haven't actually thought about that in a minute but um, yeah we just that's the only thing we did you know and it wasn't like trying to like get people to like check out our bands or anything we just were doing that for the fan base we already had and in terms of just raising money um, but yeah we did we literally didn't do anything we didn't do like a live stream um, rule them all did they did um, did they do oh yeah they did Walter like Walter Shrifles does like a, a Vans um, live stream thing they did that um, and like that's that's like it though like we didn't really do anything and uh, just to pop in real quick that other organization is the uh, new york state coalition against sexual assault i'm glad you know more than i do but yes um the, I, it was giving me i mean it was uh, i was losing it so thank you yeah no i it was a great cause i i i love uh rule them all so it, it was cool to see you guys uh come together and uh, do your part to, to help out yeah i mean our whole thing was like we just like all the bands at the time were like doing shirts and stuff, which is great. And everyone raised a bunch of money, like Mind Force Dude, and that was, and a bunch of bands did it. Uh, that Mind Force t shirt went insane. Just to see how much money they raised was it, it kind of opened my eyes to 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 kind of put into perspective how powerful like we can be if we all come together like yeah. united uh, to to support like something. So yeah, uh, yeah, th- that was just one thing that that will always stick out to me. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, like, so all the bands were doing that. And we just wanted to, like, do something different because at that time we saw, like, a lot of bands were doing it. And I think people were kind of, like, I don't know. It was, like, getting kind of hard to sift through it because of so many bands were doing it. So we just wanted to do something different. And we just, like, we did a flexi and, then, like, the two covers, like I said. And people liked it. And uh, we, I think we raised um, $500 for each donate, uh, for each organization. So we raised, like, over $1,000, which was awesome. So. Yeah. That's great. And since uh Endless Noise uh, has uh you know been out, have you guys sat down to write new music or do you guys want to wait till you could actually do something with this record before you kind of take that next step because I know it can be weird cuz like, I know bands now are, are in that spot where they have this record that they haven't haven't been able to do anything with besides just release it but are already mm-hmm. on, are working on the the next project so now they're kind of sitting on like you know two records that they haven't really been able to do anything with yeah that's what i was talking about before like people just sitting on stuff and like you might just be like well what what do we do now um what we did was um the only thing we wrote just one song during uh the pandemic and that was for the triple b 
um, Magus Hardcore for Volume Five, mm-hmm. and then since then we like tried writing some stuff, and then we were just like, eh. And then now we're like scrapping those ideas and starting new um, because we do want to write. We just want to do like a seven inch, just like a three or four song EP, um, and try to record that by the end of the year, and hopefully have it out by like, you know, like spring or summer of uh, next year because we're gonna go to Europe and. Um, we just want to have it out by then. So, okay, that that's interesting. Um, and are, are those Euro plans already announced, or is that? No, it's not announced yet, and uh, I don't want to like. I mean, we're we're one of the the uh, lower tier bands, so I don't want to like, you know, say what the tour is in case like the the head honcho is putting it together okay. gets uh, upset with me. But it's it's a triple B tour, so it's like all the triple B bands. But uh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's going to be in the summer. I don't, none of the dates are announced yet, so okay. but I think it's um, June or July or something like that. For sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I don't want you to announce anything because I don't want to get contacted. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but that's cool. I'm, I'm happy that at least you guys um, have plans to, to do more. Um, but that would be cool. A new seven inch uh, out next year. That mm-hmm. that's something uh, that would be cool to look forward to. But you mentioned um, America's Hardcore. Uh, mm-hmm. what was that like to um, have the fight on there and to, to write that new song? Uh, it just felt good to, um, you know, get together and try to write something after not doing it for however long, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it was honestly like a pretty um, smooth and easy process. The song's not like super long, you know, it's just like a minute, but um, it's like in the vein of us. And we, we actually think it's like one of the catchier songs, which is funny. Um, so I'm glad we did it and uh, people seem to have liked it. So uh, I'm just excited that or grateful rather that Sam asked us to do it. And, you know, and we're with like 37 or 38 other bands. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah that that comp was uh, insane. Uh, but last thing I want to ask you about uh, Rule Them All. You mentioned earlier uh, doing a weekend with uh, Dead Heat and Be All End All. But I- I'm curious where this relationship uh, uh, with Dead Heat got developed, because obviously uh, the fight came out for Dead Heat's record release uh, a couple months ago. So I-, I was curious how you guys built that friendship. Um, That's a good question. I think, honestly, it was just from us being friends already and then you know um the bands just like coming out kind of at the same time i think they might have came out like a couple months or a year after us i honestly forget but um whenever like jay nut would come to the east coast we would all meet up and like hang out whenever like i or quinn would go to the west coast like i would hang out with jay nut all the time and i've known chris because we actually toured together like I think it was like eight years ago at this point uh, on like a backtrack down presser Zababa comeback kid tour. Mm-hmm. So I like known it for a while, but um, yeah, we just like, whenever they came to the, when they, when we, when we had our bands, when they came to the East coast, um, we played with them. And I think we did a thing down at FYA or something like that. And then ever since then it would be like, all right, well, we'll go to the West coast and then we'll play with them. And then whenever they come to the East coast, they'll play with us. And it's just still been going. So um it's been awesome because like uh, after this, the pandemic, we were able to go to uh, California to play their record release. And then now they're going to come to New York and play ours. So keeping the tradition going. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's awesome just to see that friendship, um, you know, uh, two bands from, you know, uh, literally uh, two di- from two different coasts, just being able to um, have that relationship and do cool stuff together. It, it's really awesome to see. Yeah. 
and um how did uh be and uh be all and all get on that weekend um they're just friends of ours as well um zach the bass player actually lives with quinn in brooklyn and okay. uh so stigmatism was originally on the uh weekend when it was like you know march of 2020 but uh one of the members of stigmatism lives in canada he's spoiler he's done like all the art for like a bunch of like locking out bands he was in justice um what other band was he in oh, i forget anyways um yeah so he lives in canada so the borders have been an issue obviously during all this and like when we first announced that we were doing the show you know and then well, we want to do the weekend again he's like well i mean to be honest like I can't commit to it because I don't know if I'm going to be able to get over. Mm -hmm. So we were just like, all right, well, let's do be all end all because, you know, Zach and they're our friends and we like them. So I like musically. Yeah. So, yeah, we just have them doing it. And then we have stigmatism still on our record release in hopes that, you know, he can get over just OK. So we'll see what happens. But I think as of now, everything's going to be all right. OK, for sure. Well, hopefully it all works out. But that's cool. That, that That's going to be a. Uh, Good run of shows, uh, great band. So I'm definitely stoked for you guys. Thanks. And you playing another band called uh, Crucify Me, which uh, came out, and it, it honestly because it was early this year, but it seems like ages ago. It feels like uh, that demo had, had been out for for a long mm -hmm. time. But uh, you guys like recently played your first show. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm curious. Is this something that um, you guys want to uh, kind of make? Uh, like more of an active band or is this just kind of um, something you're going to do when you guys have time? Uh, yeah. I mean, as of right now and any band I'll ever be in, I think if I'm ever in any other bands, uh, it will just be for fun. Um, I don't think I want to have something that like takes up my time, you know, or like I have to like focus all, like focus all this energy on um, because I just don't have the time, honestly. Mm -hmm. But um, so this band uh, was literally just me and Dylan from the fight. We wanted to do a band that kind of sounded like, Massachusetts hardcore, like think I care and stuff like that. And then, um, new Bedford hardcore. And then we asked, um, David from sanction, if he wanted to sing on it, because David's been telling me for years that he just wanted to be in a straightforward punk or hardcore band. And we said, okay, this could work. You got scary vocals. You can, you could do it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then Kyle from the fight and then who was in Jukai played guitar and then lumpy from sanction and all 25 other bands he's in plays the other guitar but uh me and dylan wrote everything and then i wrote like 90 percent of the lyrics and then dylan wrote um one one song and then we just gave it all to david and then david just sang on it okay. and then yeah just for fun um we played the first show had a good time um and we want to play more so uh we got asked to play one other show sadly we couldn't do it because sanctions gonna be out i guess like wherever they're gonna be Mm -hmm. um so you know if we get asked to play a show we'll do it you know um maybe we'll write another demo i don't know and how'd you guys link up with uh streets of hate to um, do that release oh um alex has just been a friend of ours since i think i met him at long island fest in like 2012 if that's the year it was in and it was funny i tell a story all the time and he gets really upset but uh he like used to add everyone on myspace I think I think it was MySpace or Facebook and like his his uh profile picture was just a close up of like a Dag Nasty tattoo. Okay. And then the other picture was just like a like a band playing and a bunch of people singing along, so you just didn't know who the fuck he was. And then when he came to Long Island Fest, he like came up and was like, Oh hey, I'm I'm Alex Casey from MySpace. I was like, Oh, like, hey man, like what's up? But like didn't know like what he looked like until then. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then like, we just like have been on and off friends since then. And then we just got really close, like probably like, uh, probably like six years ago at this point. So, um, or five years, yeah, five or six years. So yeah, we've just been friends and, you know, I wanted to just have a tape. I was going to do it myself, but I asked Alex if he wanted to do it first and he said he would. So Hell that's yeah. about it. Shout out to uh, Streets of Hate. It, it it's, it's cool whenever you're able to trace back a friendship to to MySpace because that's yeah. uh, that's something that just seems like it was like forever ago. I I know people who probably don't even know what the hell MySpace is or probably never even had a MySpace because it was so long ago. Yeah, it would. Um, it was definitely on the the tail end of MySpace being a thing when that all happened. But uh, it's just a very funny story because like. Me and all my friend group just was like, oh, you guys get added by this Alex Casey guy? And we're like, yeah. And who is it? And we're like, I don't know. And then we finally found out at Long Island Fest. So. Yeah, that's wild. That's cool, though. Yeah. Shout out to to Alex for being, uh, you know, down to, to add people. Because it can get weird sometimes on social media, right? You, you get these random follows and you're just not really sure if they're real or what their um, motive is or like like what, what they're about. So. Oh, yeah yeah especially when it's just a close-up picture of a dag nasty tattoo you don't you don't really know what you're getting so yeah uh, but no I'm glad, I'm glad he did it i got to meet alex and he's a great guy um i would suggest no one else try to do that <laughs> you know just you know just probably set a picture of yourself and then try to meet people but yeah yeah like props to alex you know props to him yeah and a, a lot of respect because uh he's put me in contact with a, a a lot of good people and as long as alex and i have been friends he's been uh super solid so i i have a lot of respect for him yeah very supportive person very down with hardcore and um yeah just overall great guy okay and uh you uh, mentioned that you uh uh work with um or you have a, a east coast collective can you kind of talk about um your role in that yeah uh east coast collective was started by uh my friend jake zimmerman um he you know just saw the current climate of uh long island like the music scene back i think he started in 2008 or so mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like ran by um mostly like shitty like club promoters and like people that were just like kind of fucking over bands and he just wanted to do like his own thing and like try to help out like bands he actually enjoyed and it started off like mostly i would say like hardcore and like pop punk at the time and then over the years it got bigger and he like you know was focusing on like like, he was getting like national touring acts and stuff like that and um at a point i started doing shows with him and then i realized he wasn't really like focusing on hardcore anymore like he was putting all of his eggs in his basket for like you know pop punk metal blah 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 because that's like you know he was trying to make that his full-time job and like that's where like you know you don't make money off hardcore Mm -hmm. or if you do you make like you know bare minimum um so so yeah i started taking over the hardcore shows and then i was doing that on my own for a while and then he kind of got like uh he started becoming a booking agent and at that point he's like yo i can't like do both at the same time. I want to see, would you want to like come on and like be a co like, I think at that time I was just like an employee, like mm-hmm. with quotations. Um, and then I was like, yeah, sure. So I like started working under him and then started doing like all these other genres that I didn't really know anything about. Um, and then kept doing that for a bit. And then at one point he was just like, all right, yeah, I'd like, let's just be 50, 50. Like I want you to basically take over in a sense and that's more or less what i've been doing he still has a hand in east coast collective and uh, i talk to him every day and we talk about like bands to book or like you know like guarantees and shit like that but uh 
I'm mostly at the helm now and I just handle, you know, just all the booking duties and a bunch of genres and a bunch of bands I don't even know about, but I, I make it work. And how has it been? Cause I, I feel like with the, the pandemic, uh, putting everything on pause, but then like the floodgates open up and now there's all these tours and, uh, you know, I, I talk to people in bands, so I'm, I'm hearing about things that are like, you know, a year out or maybe even two years out. Um, how was it for you to kind of get back into that process? Like, okay, bands are starting to want to play shows and um, it's okay to have these shows again. So um, what, what was that like that, that transition for you to kind of get back into the flow of things? Um, in the beginning, it was like weird just because obviously um, it was when, you know, things haven't happened for a year and a half or whatever. And like now there was like inklings of like in talks of, possibly a vaccine and then also like once the vaccine did come out being like oh like it would be safe to have indoor gatherings so it was like the floodgates like you said opened up and like bands were just like all right like can we do like are we doing shows like you know whatever and in the beginning it was easy like everyone and their mother wanted to just fucking play a show Mm -hmm. um so you know um filling up the calendar at amh was like pretty easy whether it be like hardcore bands or you know pop punk any genre just like all, and mostly all local i wasn't trying to like really book anything like touring because no one was really torn you know what i mean yeah um at least at that level so in the beginning it was like the floodgates opened up and it was like pretty simple but i mean granted we've only been doing shows for a month and a half we're like two months at this point um definitely in the beginning of september or like maybe only like two or three weeks ago yeah which was beginning of september um you know things started getting like a little rocky because like everyone's scared of the delta now which totally makes sense and i don't you know doubt blame anyone for that um so like some bands are like now questioning if they should like postpone some tours like just are getting postponed um for hardcore and like smaller level stuff it isn't really that big of an issue but i think um it's probably just going to be a lot more local stuff for a little bit longer and then maybe like beginning of next year you'll see more touring acts coming around your area at least on a smaller level like i mean all like the bigger stuff still happening um in terms of like it being outside and stuff but i wouldn't be surprised if like more tours get postponed if um the numbers keep going up so yeah i I saw recently um the the california takeover and philly like that weekend got pushed back and i was like oh dang is is this gonna happen again like are are more bands gonna start to want to reschedule again because um yeah it's like sorry to interrupt oh um, you're fine you're fine um i uh i was just like gonna kind of quickly answer or like respond to that um i like i said like i get why people like i don't know which band it was or maybe it was all three that just wanted to like wait um i understand because like even for me as a promoter you have to like basically know that like whatever you're putting together is a thing that's gonna ha- bring either you know maybe less than 100 people or maybe it'll bring like 500 to a thousand people and like you have to be okay with being like oh there's a chance like some of these people are going to get sick but like whatever having a show um so i think someone who's in a band and someone who's a promoter and even a concert goer um this is a hard time for everyone involved right now because it's a very uh uh it's it's hard on your moral compass, you know, it's like, how do you morally feel about potentially being the reason why 
so-and-so gets sick, maybe they're vaccinated, there's, but they get sick, but then they bring it home to like a family member who is not vaccinated and that person ends up in the hospital. Um, you know, uh, it's scary shit to think about and it, it sucks right now. But I think um, things on a smaller level are like, okay, um, potentially. Like, I mean, still like that weird area, but like things on like bigger levels, like, you know, like a fucking 3000 cap indoor room i would probably not want to book a show at but you know if it's like a small like 50 or 100 people like I, I mean as of right now i'm not even booking anything that has more than like 200 people at it but even then it's still like sketchy because it doesn't matter if there's fucking 3,000 people in the room or 20 person people in the room because if one person has it yeah it just takes that you one. know you could potentially give it to people that obviously aren't vaccinated or and people that are because yeah. i know I know more people now that have COVID with the vaccination than um, during the time when there wasn't any, because everyone just like, you know, put their guard down, which like makes sense. Everyone thought it was going to be okay and people are still getting sick, but luckily not as sick. So that's good. Yeah. I, I went to this, uh, to the show. It was probably maybe about almost a month ago at this point. And there was like, I, I remember just kind of looking at, uh, across uh, the amphitheater and there was like hundreds of people there and I was like huh I was like I wonder if anybody here is actually sick and just yeah. doesn't care and I, I got I got COVID I beat it um, I, I I am vaccinated um, yeah. uh, but I, I, I definitely wouldn't want it again because it, it wasn't like the best time <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah it, it sucked for like the week and a half that I had it but I was just like thinking like huh I was like I hope everybody's like feeling good and not sick here but at the same time like uh just in the heat of the moment it's just like in the environment of being at a show it just seemed like everybody was just fearless about it uh, well yeah uh, i was gonna uh, i definitely agree uh -huh. um because like i think everyone probably has that mindset when first going in being like oh like this is kind of weird like even like the first show i went to back i was like oh this is like fucking weird i like haven't been around this many people in a closed space in however long but then i think you just kind of get like used to it and like feel a little bit more comfortable and like but that's also like a scary thing because you don't want to get too comfortable and then like you know get covid yeah. but um i think that at this point everyone who's going to shows or any events of any matter i think most of those people are just like content and just like no they're like you know like this is the risk of it like any touring band i know or any like band or any like person that goes to a show that i've talked to everyone's like yeah i mean i know i might get it but i just want to be here and I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, like, I think uh, no one should get shamed if they don't feel comfortable going to a show yet and like are not going even though shows are happening because they have every right to not want to go. Um, then at the same time, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's just like this weird uh, divide that I really don't want any part of. But it sucks because like I said, I book shows and I am in a I do get a bunch of people in the same room, so I have every much to blame uh, than anyone else. So it's not a fun time to be a promoter, I'll tell you that. So now I'm curious, were you at that Madball show? Uh, the outdoor one, yeah, or the Ring Plaza one? The, the the outdoor one. No, I didn't go. Okay, because I felt like I I always talk about how. Um, I, I feel like that was the moment where the whole shift kind of happened because uh, obviously it was like very uh, frowned upon to to even think about doing a show. But Madball happened. They got all the the hate and the flack. And then a week later, the Section Hate show happens in L.A. Um, 
and it got a ton of praise. And I feel like at that point, and I don't know if it was just like a perfect storm where like the vaccines were rolling out, the numbers were dropping drastically and it was safer to do that kind of stuff. Um, Cause yeah. out, out here, like, you know, the, like the, the restrictions um, you know, loosened up and um, you know, these events were um, you know, being like uh, legally uh, okay to start happening. So uh, it, it was just a really interesting time to kind of witness um, those things happen so close to each other. And um it basically getting like, you know, like, you know, two like very opposite reactions from the community. Yeah. Well, that was the big difference. Like you even said. Um, so like when the Madball show happened, there was like no like indication it was okay mm-hmm. to like be around that many people, even outside. Like I get why they did it because like they saw that, like, you know, with all the protests and stuff, the cases weren't rising and there was like, you know, like literally thousands of people like hurdled next, uh, huddled next to each other. And like, they were outdoors and like, no one was getting sick. And like, I would hope that the reason why they did the show was in terms of that being like, okay, like we saw people outside and like people aren't getting sick. So it really won't be hopefully that, um, that dangerous to do a show. If like, you know, if people can be around each other while outside and obviously, like you said, the science wasn't out there yet. That was fine. But legitimately, a week later, not even, I think, like, you know, the CDC or the WHO or whoever the fuck it was basically said that, like, you can be outdoors next to someone without a mask on and potentially be OK. Like, especially if you are vaccinated. I was va- I forget. Oh, no, the vaccine was obviously out by then. But like now that maybe we're vaccinated. But that week was literally when like they were like, yeah, if you're vaccinated and you're not wearing a mask, like you should be OK. You know, so I and then after that is when that L.A. show happened. And I think that's why the praise was different for that one, because in the in the media's eye, it was safe. So, um, but yeah, I think that's the only difference, really. And it is good that I mean, to my knowledge, that no one really got sick at either show um, and outdoor shows were a thing that was working. Mm-hmm. But once again, that was obviously before, like the Delta variant and all that shit. So, yeah, but. The, I do think outdoor shows help, though. The the Delta, yeah. I I haven't been keeping up like too much uh, with like the the newer COVID news. Like I I still follow like the the local newspaper right here. They, they'll do like a a COVID tracker, so they'll like report the numbers um, for Orange County, like new cases, new deaths. Yeah. Um, but I just try to just kind of stay doing what I have been right, just trying to stay as safe as possible. Still not really doing too much like going out and doing random stuff um yeah. but i did go to disneyland the other day which was pretty interesting it was the first time that i i went uh uh just on like a random day because like i i'd gone a couple times with friends like we'd planned a day whatever uh but like when i went the other day it was just like oh I, i'm like down the street let me go see what the vibes like and mm-hmm. it was okay uh but other than that i, I just yeah don't really do too much still yeah. was it packed or no uh it, I'll, I, I'll i'll say yes because it, it was because i've seen it way more chill than that day so yeah. uh there, there were still a ton of people um but you know just still e- even though i am vaccinated uh i i will wear my mask um in certain places just to yeah, yeah just to still try to uh keep that protection because it's still out there because yeah because i i felt like i like I, I went all of 2020 and I was fine, but just randomly the beginning of this year, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was, uh, or how I got it, but I, I got it and definitely don't want it again. 
yeah luckily i've never gotten it but uh yeah i mean honestly what has helped me i was literally at a show i don't know if i should say this but i was at a show that uh, i think it was confirmed that like 30 to 40 people got COVID at and i wore a mask the whole time and i was fine um and a lot of people weren't wearing masks at the show and uh it might be that that was the reason why i was saved Mm -hmm. um because a lot of people that did also get sick were vaccinated you know um yeah luckily it wasn't my show so (laughs) that sounds like a really high number so how did did, was there like a newsletter that went out like hey if you went to this show if 30 to 40 people got sick check go get tested or or was well no it was just like a bunch of people that were like you know like like if you go to shows like no matter the genre there's usually like you know a bunch of friend groups that are hopefully friends with the other ones and Mm. uh one person, one friend group was like, oh, I, I'm like sick. And I was like at the show. And then like the other person would be like, oh, I heard this other person got sick. So like I think people just started talking and like maybe 40s uh, too big of a number. But it was definitely like 25 to 30 people from that show um, got sick. And I think that put a damper or like made people realize, which in like a weird way is good mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you should still take it more seriously, like wear a mask at shows, especially if it's indoors, because a show that happened like a week later, it definitely hurt the turnout because there was like, like there was a show that so, should have sold out and like only a hundred people came. Um, but the only positive thing was like everyone at that show for the most part was wearing masks and like was taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, cause that's what I was saying before. It's just like, you know, as a promoter or a band playing, it's like, it's hard to be okay with what's going on and what you're doing. Cause you know, people are getting sick. But uh, luckily, the people that did get sick were vaccinated and, you know, wasn't like anything too dire. Um, but, yeah, I would uh, suggest anyone listening, uh, definitely still wear a mask indoors if uh, you're going to a show. It'll probably help. Yeah, let's uh, still try to take it serious because because I, I know it can be hard with uh, like the the vibe because obviously like we're not like locked down things aren't like uh this weird hysteria like it was last year when we didn't know too much about it it was like this new thing uh mm-hmm. i i just hope that people still uh just take it as serious as they did last year if that makes sense yeah i think i think most people are but like i said once their defense was down for a little bit you know shit kind of got bad again so hopefully it's just not a repeat of that and people just take it more seriously because you know i would love for shows to be back in full swing 100 percent, and everyone just have a good time um but as of right now it doesn't seem like we can really be at that point there are shows happening all over the country that already sold out and crazy shows in you know california baltimore like all this stuff and it's sick just uh you know hopefully we can keep doing that and no one gets sick but yeah i think like last week i went to like three shows i was like oh this is like this, like I'm at this point now. I'm like, okay, I, I'm uh, seeing multiple bands, which is fine for me because I I love it. I enjoy uh, seeing because uh, I'm seeing bands that I, I didn't get to see because uh, they came out during the the uh, pandemic, whatever. So it's just like, oh, cool. I I I, I get to see these awesome new bands, and it's it, it's been fun. Um, but I'm hoping like things don't go backwards. I hope we just kind of continue moving forward in a positive direction with this whole thing. Yeah, that's all we can hope for, honestly. Just, you know, get tested, make sure you're all right, and then just keep going. 
Okay, I, I want to go back to America's Hardcore, uh, yeah. Volume Five. I remember I, I was listening to it. I'm like, okay, cool. There's like a lot of uh, bands on here. I gotta, uh, you know, kind of soak it up and uh, like, you know, check out everything and you know, show respect to, to all the bands that worked hard to to record that music. Uh, but then I, I get to this band, Dead Last, and I'm like, huh? I was like, I've never heard of this band before. And the the track like stuck out to me. I'm like, damn, this song's fucking awesome. Like, how have I never heard of this band? And it's it, it just one of those moments where I'm like, am I just out of the loop? Am I getting old? It kind of just made me feel like a little insecure because I, I had no knowledge of the band. So I, I started reaching out to people like, yo, like, who's in this band? Like, what do you know about this band? And then slowly started getting like, you know, like a little more information. And um, and then come to find out it's like a new band. So I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't feel so insecure or stupid for not knowing who they are. Uh, yeah. before the compilation but uh when i heard that and i i, I uh you know I, I openly say that i think that's like the best track on the comp um in, oh, in my yeah. opinion i i i love that obviously like i've talked to you uh, about it told you how much I, I i like the band but i'm curious where the idea uh came from to start that band and how it all came together yeah um well just to give a little bit of a tidbit too the reason why we're on the comp is uh i feel like at least two versions of America's Hardcore, there was always, like, one band that, like, just either formed for the comp and, like, you know, contributed a song or, like, it was, like, a band that was, like, supposed to be a band and then they put one song on there and then just never came out with a demo. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to Sam because he was living in New York at the time and I was like, yeah, this band that, like, has supposed to, you know, get together for the past, like, six years is finally going to, like, I guess, write a demo do you would would you want to just use a song and he's like yeah fuck it i don't care i was like okay so um we that actually made us actually write the demo because like no joke this band has been talked about for like six years and it just we have practiced mm -hmm. like during over like over a certain amount of time and just like never did anything with it and then like now we're doing it because i told them i was like i need to come out with a band if i'm gonna sing in a band i need to do it before i'm 30 and i turn 30 in october and no one wants to hear an old guy singing about whatever. So I was like, we only got a couple months uh, if we're going to do this. So, yeah, uh, that made that kind of kicked our ass into actually writing the record and uh, doing that comp song. But um, the way it started was uh, it's me, um, Richie, John and Andy from Rule Them All and then Dylan from The Fight. Uh, me, John and Richie have always been like the original members. And then we've had like rotating other members just because like we, I don't know. It's like been like so many different like member changes and who was going to be in what. I was originally going to play bass and someone else was going to sing. But uh, yeah, we just, you know, we just ended up being like, all right, this is going to be the lineup and we're going to see how it goes. And then, yeah, we just wrote it over the pandemic and recorded it. And um, we have a seven inch EP, which is, I mean, it's the demo, but it's like eight songs, so it's just an EP, mm -hmm. and uh, that's going to be coming out on Streets of Hate, hopefully uh, December. Uh, but we'll have a tape out, I think, in like a week or two, uh, with like some of the songs as a promo. Okay, that's that's crazy. I I didn't know that this was like you know uh, so long in the making, but I'm happy that you guys yeah. were finally able to get it together and, and make it happen because I think uh, it, it, it's really awesome. And I I normally don't like to talk about. Um, uh, music that isn't out yet because obviously it, it's it's a little pointless because obviously um everybody listening or not everybody listening but the majority of the people listening uh will just have no idea what i'm talking about 
but yeah. I, I, I do appreciate you letting me listen to the music early and it just uh, made me like the band even more because I, I always love love the calm song but when I listened to the to the demo EP uh, whatever you want to call it I was just like damn this is actually really good stuff and I was just super stoked uh, on the band and I still am so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that release eventually coming um, out and hopefully in December yeah thanks man. I really appreciate that um, I think what we're gonna do is like well, he'll probably do pre-orders. Um, I don't know. I would say like October, maybe mm-hmm. or November. But when pre-orders go up, we're gonna just drop the whole thing because obviously, wait until December will suck. And um, yeah, we'll get it out there eventually. But like I said, I think that tape will probably be out in like hopefully a week or two um, from when this drops. I don't know when you upload your podcast episodes, but uh, this is actually gonna go up tomorrow. Oh, okay. So that's sick. Yeah, hopefully in like a week or two um yeah it'll be like three of the songs off the seven inch as well as uh just the comp song and then you know people can check it out yeah i i think a lot of people are going to be like pleasantly surprised or like um because i i'm not sure if people uh you know were paying attention to the comp um and you know uh listen to that track but if not i feel like with the release of the rest of the material i i think people are going to kind of be put on notice and i kind of realize that holy shit there's this new awesome band yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, like I said, it's just like something fun that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, if people fuck with it, I'll, I'm psyched. You know, I just did it for myself. The lyrics are definitely the most um, personal I've gotten, but um, still straightforward. Because to me, like for music that sounds like that, I think just straightforward lyrics kind of hits the hardest because it's the most like true. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't need to fucking take out a dictionary and figure out what this fucking word can mean to it like another way you know i'm just just telling it straight up no hidden no hidden surprises so hopefully people like that and uh like i was saying before it's not necessarily that i have a message but it's just like more emotional and more like telling of things i went through so hopefully people fuck with it so yeah no i i definitely think people will just because like i said like i've listened to it and i think it's fucking awesome uh, and I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to check it out and be really into it. Cool. Yeah, I hope so. But, okay, so uh, you have plans for this release with Streets of Hate. Uh, now I'm curious, mm-hmm. like, are there any shows planned? Do you guys um, have any um, aspirations to do that? Or is that going to kind of have uh, to take the backseat to all your other projects? Um, I'll speak personally because, I, you know, I can't speak for everyone in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, me... Um, we, we got asked to play one show so far, and I haven't even told the rest of the band just because I couldn't do the show. And I, I'm sorry if they're finding out this way, but uh, Bob actually asked us to play Philly on a day that like um, I have like a suffocation and total bleeding show, and I don't want to miss that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I turned that down. I personally just want to like – I'm not trying to make it like a thing. I don't care how much we play. I don't care if we ever play at all, but I think if I do if we do play like a first show, I want it to just be like – just like just a random show on Long Island um, at a VFW, hopefully. And just like, I don't care who plays, you know, I doesn't have to be like big names. It doesn't have to be like all of our friends. Like I'll, I'll literally play whatever. But uh, I'm definitely nervous about playing a show because uh, I've never sang before. And I've never, I don't know. It's obviously the most, um, the most, what's the right word I want to use for this? Hmm like vulnerable thing you can do as like obviously as a band member so like 
when I play bass, I already turn around because I just don't want to look at people while I'm playing because uh, I don't need people to look at me. So now that I'm singing and also have to like think of like things I want to say in between songs, it's uh, a lot harder. So, you know, I mean, a bunch of people are just going to call me a baby and just say literally hundreds of people have done this before. So just do it. But, you know, sometimes anxiety doesn't let you do some things. So but we'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll play at least one show. That's about it. That's all I can guarantee at least one show. Maybe a random show in Florida in January. Uh, uh, surprisingly, haven't gotten asked uh, <laughs> by Bob to do an after show. Um, but uh, okay, I'm I'm no. gonna call Alex Casey because I, I I heard through the uh, you know grapevine that he's working on something. Um, so uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, I I also do have a hand in FYA, so I know of the things that happen and aren't happening. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know uh, what's up with that Streets of Hate. Uh, after show but or whatever it's gonna be but okay. uh we'll see but i personally don't think we're gonna play because rule them all nor the fight are playing mm-hmm. any pre-show after show or the fest so like for five long island people to be at that fest uh i don't know if that's gonna happen but well you know but maybe you know maybe one day maybe the next fya Maybe we'll play California. I don't know. I Like I said, I have zero expectations, but mm-hmm. I hope people just like it. And if they don't like it, I also don't care. You know, I did it for me. I don't care. Uh, you, you mentioned FYA, and I, I was going to get to that eventually, but I, I, I was curious. Did you see that pre-show that got announced and then the flyer got pulled and then now there's a new flyer with a whole, like, uh, different bands on there? Yeah, I mean, well, it's the same bands that were playing minus one. Yeah. Uh, I just think I don't know. Uh, we have nothing to do with the pre-show. Well, okay. I'm not. I shouldn't even say we. Yeah. Uh, I say Bob. Uh-huh. Bob doesn't have anything to do with the pre-show. Um, he lets uh, his friend book the pre-show every year and gives them full reign, and you know he'll help promote it. Which honestly, half the time they don't need it because the lineups are so good that yeah. it ends up doing just fine anyway. Um, but I think that maybe there was just like. You know, even as like a, a promoter, I know that sometimes like you'll make a, a flyer just waiting for like a band to like confirm and like accidentally someone leaks that and like that band ends up not playing and then you have to do like the oh shit, and, like do the switcheroo. So, I mean, that's obviously why I got pulled. It was probably just like never confirmed maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, luckily they got a sick replacement. So, um, yeah, I mean, that shows it's going to be crazy. Um, I probably won't be there because I think I usually I think I'm going to actually only be able to get to FYA like the first day, mm-hmm. which is a bummer, but I'm sure that show is going to be uh, a grand old time. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, 100 Demons, so it, it's, it's always a, a pleasure for me to be able to see them because I, I feel like uh, like where I live, it's not that common to to see that band. Like, oh, no. Yeah, like I saw them in like, like I think it was like 2003 or 2004 out here and uh, they played the showcase uh, which was awesome. Uh, oh, wow. I got to see them while Bruce was singing at that time. And then they played out so, here 2016. They played for the children and then, but they had yeah. uh, Pete singing. So like, Oh, cool. I, I, I can now get to see it with that singer. And then now um, hopefully I can get into the pre-show. Um, hopefully it doesn't sell out. I, I haven't got a ticket yet, but um, um, yeah, I would like to see them again. I'm a huge fan of that band. Yeah. I mean, every time I've seen them, it's been great. Um, and, this is definitely going to be the same. I feel like they're also 
playing other shows. I don't know if that means like California or anything, but I think they're probably doing um, a hometown show, mm-hmm. FYA, and then maybe something else. Because that's, that's what they alluded to anyway. Um, I would definitely, if you get a chance to see them, go see them, because I don't know how much longer they're going to be doing it, obviously, um, in terms of like playing. Because it is, like you said, so sporadic that um, you're lucky if you see one 100 Demon show a year. It's usually like one every two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, if you if you really enjoy the band, go see it. Go to the pre-show, you know. Man, hopefully you get in. Show up early. Skinhead sick. Uh, calling up Arabia. Like when the when the hell did they like play a show last? That band's fucking insane. So like I'm stoked to finally be able to see them again. Uh, the Killer uh, and shout out Section Hate from Los Angeles. Yeah, it's like it's a well-rounded lineup, and it is cool that they got bands that you wouldn't expect, like Colin Arabia and the Killer, um, to play. So. Yeah, I feel like, like you said, some of those bands, they don't really play that often. So if you really want to see them, at least you can see it all in one one spot. Yeah, 100 Demons played out here in 2016. They announced that they're doing a new record and then it just never. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think that's happening because they played a new song at this hardcore one year and probably they played it at that California show, too. It was called like The Hammer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't heard a single thing since then. And I don't even think they've played that song again since okay. this is hardcore. So I don't really know. I mean, I obviously have no relations to the band and couldn't tell you, but I would love for a record to come out because, um, you know, I just love Hunter Demons. So right. we'll see. I have an interesting story to tell you, but I'm, I'm going to tell you it off air because I don't okay. think, uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to, to, to say it on air, but um, okay. yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll say that for when we're done here. But I'm, um, uh, but, but I, I love FYA. Uh, you know, I, I think I, like actually saw you for the first time at FYA just because obviously you were so easy to, to pick out in the crowd because you were wearing all white all weekend. Right. Yeah. Um, now, obviously that was, uh, you know, your choice, but I'm curious um, the reasoning behind that. The reason why I wore all white, um, it was just, I had, I had white pants with me. I was on tour. I wasn't going to wear, you know, a blue shirt or the uh, black shirt. I just, you know, had to keep it all white. Um, I thought it was also really funny, I guess, to wear a 25 to life shirt uh, with white pants. So I doubt that many people have ever done that. So uh, it was also funny because who was it from Killing Time? I think it was Carl came up to me and was like, you're probably the best dressed here. Great shirt. uh, (laughs) Great shirt uh, choice. And I was like, thanks, because, you know, I figured they all hated 25 to life. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just funny. But no, there was no uh, reasoning as to why I wore all white. I just was wearing white that's it and sometimes i wear navy sometimes i wear green you know just i just wear colors you know i switch it up for sure and how did you get into that role of uh, being like the stage manager at fya and Um, and do you enjoy that because it it, it seems pretty chaotic because obviously like i i I was up front for most of the fest and i saw you having to run back and forth and do a lot of work throughout the weekend mm -hmm. um i got into it because trying to think of the, the right way this actually like trans uh, like transpired because i haven't even thought about it in so long but um i went to i think it was the second fya it was the one that was in like a green gym i think it was the second one okay that was like um, 2014 it's like code orange played i think and um, oh no i think the year that i am thinking is the second was like cold world headline one year and then the i mean one day mm-hmm. and then the other day i think was like incendiary and like 
someone else. I forget. It's literally so long ago, but I was just going as an attendee. Um, I was rolling down with some friends. Um, and then the year after I, I was just like, got really close with Bob at that time. Like that's when we started talking a lot. And then, uh, I remember him saying something about just like how the show would be like running late and like, no one can corral the bands or whatever. And I was like, well, you, you need a stage manager. Um, and then when he announced that he was doing FYA at the Orpheum, and he had like all these bands, he kind of just needed someone. And I think he just asked me and I said, of course, like I would do it. And since then I've just done it every year. And, um, yeah, it sucks. Like it's not fun. Um, you know, I think anyone who stage manages will tell you that, like, even if you enjoy all the bands playing, which I do, and like, I get to have fun sometimes, like, I'll, you know, I'll go watch a band or whatever. Um, but, uh, it just sucks. Cause you're just like, I mean, I probably overwork myself and that's only my fault, but I'm just standing up there all day. I don't take a break. I, or if I do take a break, it's for like five minutes, not even, um, sometimes I forget to eat. Um, I just like, I just worry that like, if I'm not there and like someone else is watching who might just not know where something is or like know how to fix something, uh, if something happens and it's just like, it can delay the show even longer or, you know, falls on me, but there's been plenty of funny stuff that has happened at FYA that I had to deal with, like, when Vane played, um, a monitor basically was on fire, and, um, that sucked, um, and then the FYA last year, well, not last year, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah, um, they, uh, the sound guy fucking sucked, and I had to deal with, like, a bunch of, like, sound issues with him, and, like, during some bands, the microphone wouldn't work. It was just, like, Last year was probably the hardest FYA to work because of just the sound guy. If you're not dealing with a guy who knows what the hell they're doing or what they're in for, it makes it really hard. And, um, yeah. But most of the time, it's like the bands are respectful and they know, like, how long they have to play. And there's never really any issues in that sense. So it's never any band's fault. It's always just, like, a technical issue mm-hmm. or, like, uh, someone from the venue or something. Now, uh, as acting stage manager, are are you the one who's controlling the the lighting situation for each band? Oh hell no! Um, I don't even know if anyone. That, well, they, I think like literally Bob tells like Andrew Corley or something to like go and run and turn the lights off like right before a band plays or something. Like, I, there's no, I don't think there's like a lighting director or anything. Um, and I also would not be able to control the lights while also watching the stage. So. It would be funny if you got a lighting guy, but I uh, I don't think that's in the cards at all. I just like the lights on. Like when Inclination had the lights on during their set, I was like, this is the vibe. This is like. Yeah, well, yeah, that's funny you say that because the lights just weren't supposed to be on. Just I guess like someone forgot to turn them off. And I liked it, too. I prefer when the lights are on. Like it, the only thing that sucks is it can be awkward if you're a band playing mm-hmm. and like the lights are on and like. The, cra- the reaction is really not that crazy or not that many people are watching you because you can really see like how Every- it is. Yeah. But, like if the lights are off, you know, kind of see whatever. Um, but if it's like a really packed out show and the set's crazy, I 99% of the time would prefer the lights to be on because like even as just a show goer, like I want to see what's like coming at me or like what's happening. Yeah. And then as yeah. someone who is stage managing, I want to see if like, you know, anything bad is happening so like the lights being on helped me um but yes i i I agree that the lights on is probably better okay well uh we'll we'll start a petition lights on uh and we'll because 
yeah, because I've talked to certain bands like, oh, like, did you pick the red lights during your set? And they're like, no. <laughs> and I'm just like, who the fuck controls that? Like, who's who, who's making these decisions? I'm just so curious because because uh, some sets I'm like, all right, I, I guess it, it kind of fits. But then other times I'm just like, man, it is a little dark. I don't want to catch a stray spin kick to the face or something. Yeah, um, that's definitely an issue. Um, but yeah, no, lights on preferred. Okay. Yeah, and it feels like way more like DIY, something from like the early 2000s. So I definitely enjoy that a lot. Yeah, it feels like a VFW show. It's awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, obviously I, I, I talked to Bob about the sound guy because it's like uh, he's uh, infamous wherever he is. I, I, I don't know his name or what he's doing these days, but um, hopefully uh, this upcoming year uh, you'll have a better experience and not have to deal with somebody like that again. Yeah, I'm almost positive Bob's going to make sure he gets a uh... A, a way be, um, better suited person to run sound for FYA because I definitely cannot deal with that again. That was terrible. Yeah, and it, it was just uh, interesting that like uh, everybody <laughs> had issues with that guy. It wasn't just yeah. like some like isolated incident. It was just like I mean, honestly, like not to be like a hard ass or anything because I'm the least from that, but it's honestly surprising that he didn't get beat up by someone that whole time. Like I, I was, I'm surprised like. Luckily, he didn't, like, fuck anything up during Madball. Like, luckily, he didn't fuck anything up during, like, any of, like, the older bands because, like, those dudes would have no issues just being, like, what the fuck is wrong. But that's also what sucks about being a stage manager because if anything is wrong at the show, everyone looks at you first because you're supposed to fix it. Mm -hmm. And, like, if it's something I can't have a grasp on, like, I just stand there looking like an idiot because I'm like, "Ah, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, hopefully this year, better sound person. So what happened when that monitor caught on fire during Vane? Did you have to like, grab like, a fire extinguisher or did you even know it was on fire? Um, the way I found out, I think it was either smoking or like someone like in the front of the stage was like looking at it and like pointing and like looking at me. Mm-hmm. And then I got over there and smelt it. But like all I did was like quickly unplugged it and then just like got on the mic and told the sound guy like, yo, your monitor is on fire. You might want to come get this. And then I just like put it outside. I didn't like go up set a blaze or anything but like you know there was definitely like a small little electrical fire inside of the monitor going on so you know whatever normal stuff i guess yeah that's wild i'm um, obviously uh, doesn't happen too often but at least you're uh, you know it's, it's just i'm more experienced like under your belt when weird stuff like that happens yeah i mean there's been plenty of weird stuff that's happened at fya but that's definitely one of the weirder ones you uh, briefly mentioned uh, incendiary. I-, I was curious if you had any uh, holiday plans this year. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we do it every year. Um, obviously, last year we did like um, because we couldn't have a show. I just printed up a shirt. And like, basically, if you came with a toy to the venue, I would give you a shirt for free. And we, we you know, were able to get a lot of toys that way. Um, this year, we're going to have a show again in person. It's going to be at AMH. It's going to be December 11th, which sucks because there's legitimately probably 10 other shows that day. But Incendiary is so big, especially on Long Island, where like an AMH is small. So it's like it, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we're going to do that December 11th. Um, it's going to be an all Long Island local lineup. It's definitely a very like diverse lineup. Only three bands. Um, and yeah, we should be announcing it hopefully within like a week or two, but uh, it's going to be incendiary. This band stabbed who's on maggot stomp. They're like a metal band mm-hmm. and uh, stand still, which is like a more melodic band from long Island. That's catching a lot of steam. 
both bands in their uh, respective genres are doing very well, especially for being newer bands. So I think the lineup's cool. And uh, hopefully we raise a bunch of money to donate it to an organization that actually hasn't been figured out yet. So we got to figure that out first, and then we're going to announce the show. For sure. Yeah, I'm actually uh, excited. I get to see that standstill band uh, next month. I'll, I'll be in um uh wilkes bear they're, they're, they're oh, sick. yeah so they're they're playing the still won't break volume two so i'm uh, pretty excited that I, I get to see them for the first time nice yeah well, um we're playing philly with them after that fest because they play philly on the sunday so yeah oh yeah you, you guys are playing like that that crazy show that bob's putting on the one that starts at like two in the the afternoons like that long ass yeah. show yeah it was just two tours because like us dead heat and be all end all's weekend is the same weekend that like pain of truth um age apocalypse and standstill are doing their week-long tour but it just happens to hit philly the same day so bob just put it together and then he threw life's question and ended on it oh and his new band off the tracks so mm-hmm. yeah you know just 10 band show on a sunday it's crazy i, I i'm so stoked to see uh, pain of truth I, I i love that band yeah i mean um they're repping long island pretty hard right now a lot of people fuck with them so that's cool Uh, i hope the i hope the best for them you know friends of mine so i hope uh i hope this tour does well for them and they just get bigger yeah and they haven't played their first show yet at at this point october 1st yeah no october 2nd sorry october 2nd is their first show yeah yeah it's it's crazy because it feels like they've been around for a minute right just because like the like they've had a couple of releases and uh like they have a lot of traction so it's interesting yeah it was the same thing where i think their record came out during the pandemic right i think it was Mm -hmm. like like right in the early beginning and then obviously they had the split with age of apocalypse but that was all during all this so yeah they haven't even played the show which is like funny because like i remember they posted uh, a picture um to promote like i think uh, a song coming off uh the one scene unity comp and like they basically photoshopped uh the guitar player's face over the guitar player of backtrack because michael was doing like guest vocals at the time mm-hmm. and they put like a painted truth banner up when it was actually a backtrack banner definitely weird but uh this is funny um but yeah they literally don't even have any pictures of playing a show because they've never played a show yeah. so yeah october 2nd and october 3rd are the first two shows in amityville so, yeah shout out tsunami okay. Yeah, they're coming out for the one show. It's flying in and flying home. Yeah, respect. Yeah, a great group of guys. So I'm, I'm stoked that uh, yeah, they get to do something on the East Coast. That's going to be a, a good thing for them because I know a lot of, a lot of people around the world like are dying to see that band. Yeah, I, I love that for Theo. I've known Theo for a long time, so I'm glad uh, you know his bands are doing well. Um, I'm sure they'll come back probably for a more proper show that is maybe bigger in terms of like venue size or like at least be on the east coast for longer than just one show mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean that's when they announced that they were playing um that show sold out in like five like 10 minutes or something so it's uh it'll be it'll be crazy for sure and uh december uh, 3rd and 4th uh you and triple b got that triple b showcase weekend uh, yeah I'm kind of interested, uh, curious about like the the lineups because it seems like it, uh, the second day is like like way more lopsided is like in terms of the amount of bands because the first day doesn't like you know it's like half the lineup of the second yeah. day. I, I'm curious, uh, is there a reason for that, or were you not able to spread it out more, or is that just how you guys wanted it? Well, no, I mean the simple thing is it's a Friday and Saturday, so like 
we wanted to do a show on Friday. But because the thing is, too, is like we were going into it, like not wanting it to be a fest and to just be two separate shows, like a showcase. But obviously, <laughs> you put two you put two big shows next to each other. And especially when one has fucking six, 16 or 17 bands on it, everyone's going to call it a fest. Yeah, I'm an asshole and I'm still calling it a showcase and people get mad at me, but I don't care. Um, but yeah, the first show is a Friday, so we could only obviously do like, I think it still has like fucking nine or 10 bands on it. Um, most of the bands will probably only play for 15 minutes, so that's why it works. But, um, that show is actually almost sold out. I think there's like 20 tickets left. Um, and then the second show is way longer, 16 bands, like basically all day. I think doors are at 12 and I think mind force is going to go on at like 11 PM or some bullshit. Um, but that's like 75% sold out. So I would imagine it'll sell out before the shows actually happen. But, um, yeah, I'm psyched, you know, uh, I think it was cool idea to just do basically all strictly triple B bands and a lot of them from the East coast. Obviously there's some that aren't. Um, but that was the whole goal was just to try to do as many East coast triple B only bands and do it as a showcase. But like I said, I think there's like technically like two or three bands on it that aren't even triple B. And then I think, you know, obviously there's like some bands that aren't from the East Coast playing. But yeah, I'm still psyched on it. Yeah. When I look at the the first day, I'm just like, I, I love Warfare and the fact that they don't do yeah. that much. I'm like, damn, I, I, I wish I could be there. Um, yeah, but they'll play more. They're going to play California, I'm sure, because I think um, so they like wrote more music and I think uh everyone that's in the band literally lives in California except for Sam. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then, uh, and it's always cool to see ammunition do stuff. Like, I feel like they never do anything. Yeah, they really don't. Yeah. And I'm definitely, definitely interested, interested to see how uh, pillars of ivory is live. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing is like pillars is like, Jay tells me all the time that their plan is to literally only play like two to three shows max. And that's it. So I think like, this is going to be one of like the three shows and then, if you want to see them, go see them. But, you know, things change and, like, people change their minds. So, who knows? Maybe they'll want to play more, especially mm-hmm. if, like, the set goes well, which I'm sure it's going to be insane. Um, but because this – Jay keeps telling me that this was never planned to be a real band, you know? Like, this was just supposed to be another fun thing during, you know, pandemic or whatever. So, um, curious to see how it goes. Uh, apparently, he wants to, like, fly in a DJ or something. I don't fucking know. He was telling me, like, all this shit. Um, but – it should be crazy. They should, I mean, they might, Jay should probably be headlining because I just know a lot of people that are going literally just to go for them because of, you know, it being such a rare occasion because mm-hmm. they'll probably never play. But no, nah, I, I think a Kulu and stuff will hold their own. So, yeah, um, I, I think that band's awesome. That that new record is amazing. And uh, yeah, yeah, great band. Yeah, and Second Day is just crazy. Just mm-hmm. so many bands. I just, um, love that uh, band c4 i i, I yeah. feel like th- their latest record is awesome and then uh, i think vantage point i feel like they're like one band that suffered from the pandemics i, I feel like uh, they should be way bigger because i i just think that that band is amazing yeah i think their record came out like too right like around that time yeah like like yeah. Er- like 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 right before the pandemic um or, yeah. or like early stages and yeah. well uh, i've seen them I've seen them play Boston, like videos of like their record release. I think it was a record release. And then also just like post the pandemic and their sets look crazy in Boston, you yeah. know? So I think they're, you know, hopefully it, it transfers like more around the U S and people mm-hmm. are really fun with it. Cause they, you know, they are a good band and uh, 
they deserve it. They yeah. tour. Not a lot of bands tour, so props to them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I always got to shout out my friends in Wildside. Uh, oh yeah, I, it, 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 it'll be easy for them to get over, right, from Canada. Well, I I hope so. Um, you know, by the, you know December, I would hope the borders are fine. I mean, I saw they fucking announced a show in Europe or like the UK in November, so if they can go play the UK in November, I think they'll probably be all right getting to the US in December. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool they're playing. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's like an awesome showcase, and I feel like. Um, like more labels should do that because because uh, obviously Triple B great label. There's other amazing labels out there, but yeah. I, I feel like sometimes they just don't take advantage of what they have. Yeah, I think it's like weirdly a lost art, like how compilations were a lost art for a bit. And now obviously they're like back spinning again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I feel like there used to be like label showcases a lot. Like when I was like going to shows like 2008, nine, where it was like, you know, you had like Death Wish and you had fucking Reaper and you had, you know, all these other things like reaper had their new year's eve show which like our new year's day show which i guess wasn't all reaper bands but for the most part there was like a lot of them yeah um but yeah uh, six feet under like and oh uh fucking what's the one that's the most obvious one that i'm forgetting right now um uh fucking the baltimore one um uh why can't i think of it mindset was on it uh Uh, react React? Yeah, yeah react I don't know why the fuck I couldn't think of React. But yeah, they used to do a showcase too all the time. Yeah, it is like a dying art, but I guess it's because like most of the labels now are like smaller in terms of like back then I feel like everything was like equal. Like they all had like each label had like one of the bigger bands, you know? Mm-hmm. This time it's like sorry Sam, but you know, Triple B is a monopoly and I also <laughs> am one to blame for that cuz I've gotten bands signed to it and I've also obviously on the label, but uh you know, there all these smaller band, uh, smaller labels do have great bands and like pop off on their own. And I think they could like days, like Lumpy's label can easily do a showcase. I feel like Alex's Street of Hate, like Carter, all those mm-hmm. dudes can do it, and they should, um, because I think that'll only help the label too. Because if people are seeing like showcases and seeing like their bands popping and you know, and the shows is doing well, it's gonna want bands to be on those labels. You know? Yeah. I funny story. I I, I reached out to this label. Um, and I'm like, yo, like some of your bands have never been to the West coast. It would be cool to do like a, a showcase with some of those bands from the East coast and, you know, have them link up with some of your bands on the West coast. We, we could do a run and I was trying to like facilitate this, this thing. Um, but then, uh, trying to get everybody on the same page with like, like, okay, let's do like a spring like thing. Yeah. Right. And everybody's like, oh, I can't, I got school. That person can't get off work. How about a fall thing? And then it was just like, oh, Jamie, you, you got to front, uh, you know, uh, plane tickets for 10 people if you want this to happen. Yeah. And I was like, geez, me? What about the, where's what, like, what, isn't this what the record label's for? Like, I, I just had a cool idea. I didn't know why you guys wanted me to front um, all these plane tickets. And it was just like a big mess. And, uh, and I, honestly, I think the person I was talking to didn't think I was serious, even though I was serious because I wanted it to happen. But then it just kind of fizzled out because of the pandemic. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, um, like, like getting, like trying to that's why even tours are hard to make happen because like getting all like think about how i don't know how many bands you were talking to but let's say it was like a fucking five band label showcasing and they're from all different parts of the u.s it's like getting 40 to 45 people on the same page is definitely pretty hard yeah. uh i mean i don't know why fuck i said 40 it's like more like 25 or whatever yeah but um i guess i can't do math but you know just like trying to like get that all together and then also like yeah like 
technically because it's your idea, they could have definitely played the card being like, all right, well, like you want to do it. So you're the promoter. So you got to like fly us out. But yeah, I think if the label was like big enough and like believed in it enough, they probably could have helped with like the flights or something, but you know, it's just hard to put stuff together. Um, it's especially now because most bands don't tour. Most bands definitely are older people too. It's not mm-hmm. as many young people. So like, most of those people have jobs and they can only do, you know, Saturday, Sunday or something. And like, it, it sucks. You know, I feel bad for the younger generation right now because like, I felt like when I was growing up, there was tours going on constantly. And like right now there's obviously bands touring and that's sick, but I feel like it's just not as of a heavy rotation as it was when I was going, like when I started going to shows. Yeah. They, they've gone to the more uh, regional model where they'll fly yeah. in do a couple dates like um like we're getting like okay like the terror tour um that that was yeah. like a like full us which was nice shout out to terror da- yeah. uh, dare drain one step closer um and then yeah. uh pretty soon that that knock loose tour is going to kick off right knock mm-hmm. loose gate creeper karma magnitude so yeah. th- that's sick that some bands are still willing to to you know make that trip because that because obviously it's, it's a big commitment but uh it, it definitely isn't as common as it used to be yeah I just feel like because like back then it was like a lot younger people that were in the bands and like they just, you know, were either freshly out of high school or like in college and really didn't have anything to lose by like fucking taking a month off or not even working for a month because they're just living with their parents. Yeah. But most people, like I said, that are in bands right now, I feel like everyone I meet is like, I don't know, like minimum 22 or something. And then like at that point, it's like, all right, well, you might be done with college. You might have a career. Honestly, you might be like working like a pretty serious job yeah hopefully yeah you know whatever so like i understand why bands are doing the regional thing or only touring you know like for a week once a year or something but it sucks because i don't know like like i said there are bands that do it full time but those are the ones that are like dedicated to trying to make either like their life or like you know maybe they live in a part of the u.s where they can afford to do that but um i just feel like it's more common now that because everyone's older it's just like not as many bands are touring full time. Like, I think if I could think, if I think of like the majority of like the big bands right now, uh, on like a smaller level of like current hardcore, like, cause Knock Loose is obviously like a different beast and like they're doing it full time because like it's their fucking life and job now. Same thing with Turnstile. Mm-hmm. But like, like current bands, like Mind Force can't do it, Incendiary can't do it. Um, like, even like fucking, um, all right, I guess that was a really bad thing for me to even try because I can't think of more than two. But I think it's a lot, a lot of bands. Um, yeah, I'm just not good at, at naming things right now. No, no, but, I, 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 I totally get your perspective because trust me, like I, I talk to a lot of people and I, I know that there's like a lot of like other responsibilities that they have to, you know, kind of put before doing a, a, a long tour. So that's why they kind of they're not really like forced, but they're like um, their choices to be like, uh, like kind of like a part time band. Yeah. Which, but once again, props to the to the bands that are trying to do it, like Beer the Knife and One Step Closer and Anxious. Koyo's trying to do it. Sanction was doing it for a minute. Um, you know, bands like that. Magnitude. Yeah, I'm I'm really high on uh, Koyo, uh, which sounds like I'm doing That's drugs. Right. Uh, it's an interesting band name, but I'm I'm seeing them this weekend, and then they're coming out here to California in November, and I'm going to see them nice. uh, two nights in a row. And then I, I get to see them. Yeah. Uh, like, like I, I get to see them uh, way more than I ever thought I would. So I'm, I'm stoked on that. No. Yeah. They're, they're going to go full time for sure. They're trying to like, 
do it. You know what I mean? Which is awesome because that's just another band from Long Island that will hopefully take over, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, they're sick. They, I'm glad they're a band because kind of like how the fight started, they were a band that wanted to do melodic stuff more in the realm of like older Long Island bands, um, like the agents on majority crime stereo, like things of that nature, movie life. And they did it great and people fuck with it. So uh, I'm just happy they did something that was different in a sense for the current time. And, you know, and it worked. And I, I knew that was going to happen eventually because I think when everything was more or less sounding the same or in the same realm, I think once bands that started tapering off to that would actually gain more traction because they sounded different, like Restraining Order, Koyo, for example, um, like things of that nature. So Akulu even too, because like Akulu is more like straightforward near hardcore. And like that used to be a big thing in like, you know, late 2000s, early 2010s. And that's just not like really what people are going for anymore, or at least weren't at the time. So mm-hmm. that helps to like stick out like my force too, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, do you ever think there would be a time where there would be another fest on Long Island? Because I feel like there's so many bands, like obviously like on Long Island, but then also if you just kind of go look at like other parts of New York, like and you know other bands that aren't even that far away. When you look at the other states as well, do, do you think that could be uh, like a possibility, something that um, would even interest like people in your area? Um, I did a fest with Vitalo back in like 2015, and like the lineup was sick. Uh, you know, not to like. To be mod, like I'm not like I I thought it was really good, um, but the turnout wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that that necessarily burned me out on trying to do another fest. I just am a person who also thinks like not every place needs a fest, and also I don't think there needs to be like multiple fests because it kind of gets oversaturated and like you know bands turn into fest bands and like all this shit. And um, I don't know if I want to like add to that mess right now. But I would want to do possibly like just a big Long Island. Like my what I've been thinking about doing for the past like couple of years is just doing a Long Island show that's free in a big like room and just having all Long Island bands play and just just be like a like a showcase kind of thing of all the Long Island bands. But I think it'd be hard to I don't think actually no. I'm gonna take that back. I don't think it'll be hard to get everyone to do it because everyone's like friends and like mm-hmm. I think everyone would be down with the idea. But just finding a room that big and that would also let me do it for like kind of cheap. It's probably hard, but I think I might just like that might just be like me giving back to the scene, I guess, is just saying fuck it, shelling out however much money and just doing a, a free show. Because I think that would also get like newer kids that maybe haven't even gone to a show yet just to go because they heard of a free event going on. So I just got to find a, a, a room big enough for that, I guess. I, I watched the uh, backtrack. Uh, was it uh, the darker half CD release show? Was it yeah, probably. Um, what wh- was that room at? Because I, I thought that that room looked really cool. Um, that's at a place called Ethical Humanist Society, um, EHS for short. Uh, that was a spot that was doing a bunch of shows, um, around like 2010 era. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to do shows back in the early 2000s, late 90s. But I think someone got hit by a car while trying to cross the street after like a brand new show or something. No, not brand new. It was a brand new or newfound glory. I don't remember. But like, got hit by a car. So like. The, the venue stopped doing shows for a while and then jake actually just happened to like get in contact with them and they were down to show so he was doing shows there for a bit and that room was awesome but eventually the neighbors were not psyched on this the music and then not psyched on like the cars parking because it's like a residential area mm-hmm. so yeah i've tried hitting him up i've hit him up recently like 
literally like two weeks ago to try to do a show and they turned it down because they actually had to go to court for like sound violations and shit. So they're just not going to do it. Uh, I do think every venue comes back in the rotation after a certain amount of years, because whether it's like the person who used to book it leaves and like a new person's in, or just like maybe they need money, mm-hmm. um, it'll come back. So I'm hoping ethical does come back, but I just don't think uh, it's anytime soon. All right. Cause just watching that video and just uh, thinking about how cool it would be to see something current there w- would be sick. Yeah, I've tried doing it. It's just like I'm actually like in the process of trying to bring back like two or three older venues and it's like looking like it's working. So mm-hmm. like I just want that to happen because I think I think that would be cool. I think I don't want to obviously book shows forever because it's a young person's game for the most part. And, you know, and obviously like maybe like Joe Hardcore would get mad at me for saying that. So I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> uh, but and even Bob, because Bob's a fucking old man. Sorry, Bob. But, uh, you know, it, Hardcore is just like a young person's game. All the bands are like young people um for the most part um at least all like the current modern shit you know um and the current kids are what have a grasp on everything so like i eventually do want to just like give shows to whoever is at the time because they'll probably do a better job than me um because maybe they'll have a their finger on the pulse better even though i'd like to think i'm still knowledgeable um but it's just not something that i think uh would make sense for me to do forever and i think would actually not help the scene so um yeah, eventually, I would. Well, so I was, what I was saying was, I want to like start doing shows at like these older venues I used to go at because I feel like it'd be like a, a weird like circle of life where it's like, maybe possibly ending where I started. So like, you know, just do a bunch of VFW shows at like places that I used to love, and then eventually be like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore, and then just like give it to Joey or whoever else, and then maybe just do a show every once in a while. And you say like exit, you don't mean like quit hardcore. You just mean like quit booking shows. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm not going to like, I mean, I love hardcore. I guess I go to shows all over the U.S. still like a psychopath, which I probably should stop doing. Um, But uh, no, I love hardcore and I will never like turn my back on it. I just think that, like I was saying before, it's it's, it's even happening on Long Island right now. I just think like um, a current, like a more younger person should have, control over what's like coming in and coming out because they might just know better, you know, about mm-hmm. like the younger bands. They they're their ground their ears more to the ground because if they are younger and they don't have maybe much going on other than like working a random job, but then just like going to shows all the time, they'll probably checking out a demo of a new band that I've never even fuck will ever listen to just because like I don't know. Either I just like I'm not saying like I I, I ignored it and was like, oh I'm not gonna listen to this, but like they probably heard it before I did. You know, like because yeah. when I was younger, I would just listen to everything like right when it came out. Now I'm like, oh yeah, this came out like how long ago? Like a week or two ago. You know, so they're like a little bit quicker than me. And I'm 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 a modest person. I, I don't think I need to like have a stranglehold over Long Island or anything like that. I'll just do like a big show every once in a while. But but what I was saying is like even now it's like Joey from Koyo. He books like bands at this other venue all the time, and like this agent or like two agents or even just bands in general are just going to him. So, because they know him, because he's younger, and he like they see him at shows and stuff, so it makes sense, you know. Has no bad blood, and I'll help him with anything. But yeah. I just do think that, like, I don't like, I don't want to be booking, you know, like a band full of like seventeen-year-olds when I'm like, you know, like maybe like thirty-seven or something, you know. Like, I think at that point I should be handing it off to a person who like probably cares about it more. Like, I doubt I'm like. 
I mean, I hope I would be listening to that band of 17 year olds because hopefully their demo's fucking sick. But maybe I don't even care about the band. You know what I mean? But like current kids care about it. So why am I booking that show? You know what I mean? Man, you say 37 and I'm just like, I'm not that far away from 37. I wonder what I'll oh, be oh. like. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, trying to do some ageism shit or like, you know, like, because like I said, like Joe's, you know, an older person and yeah. he books great shows for Philly. He books all the bigger ones and he deserves that 100%. And I'm not saying that he's unqualified for that. I just say for my sake of like the smaller hardcore shows, like, and I think he would agree that there's some smaller bands like he just doesn't know about. And like, I know even Bob will fucking like tell him about some bullshit that he didn't know about. And then there's, I'm sure there's plenty of shit that Bob doesn't even know about that. Like a younger kid knows and like understands that this band is like, you know, maybe going to be the next big thing at least in some kind of scene and then yeah. they want to do the show. You know what I mean? I don't know. No, I, I, I totally get where, where you're coming from. Cause like even just being in like the right, like social circles and just kind of getting wind of like, you know, new shit and like, uh, you know, just that way. Cause obviously like I, for me being in my early thirties, I'm not hanging out with like a bunch of teenagers. Cause I feel like that'd be a little strange, you know? So, um, they'll yeah. probably, yeah, know about uh, newer shit b- before it gets on my radar. But yeah, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. But, but I, I feel like that's, that that's really great perspective to kind of empower the next generation because they're the ones that are going to keep it going. Cause like, yeah, we, we can't do this forever. We have to, um, you know, uh, kind of guide and put on for, um, these younger kids, these um, younger people so that they can be, um, prepared and willing and wanting to, to, uh, you know, keep it going after we're gone. Yeah. And I think like that happens in a bunch of States that like you, like, you know, there's plenty of like, even New York, like, I was booking, you know, shows or whatever, but then there would be like an older generation that would book like the bigger bands from like their era or like, you know, um, like reunion bands and stuff like that. But I like have the pulse on the current stuff and my stuff was fine. And now I'm at a point where like, I feel like I'm doing the reunion bands or like things from my era and even the current era, obviously too. Mm-hmm. But like, say Joey is like booking like things I would never maybe even hear about and his shows are killing it. You know what I mean? So um, I feel like it's just like a, circle of life like it's gonna happen um and i'm not like afraid of it and i like i don't it's not that i don't want to do it my whole life or i don't want to like give it up in a sense it's just like i'm sure it's gonna happen eventually and that's fine you know what i mean i'm a modest person you know i don't need to be doing it if there's someone else capable of doing it and that's the big thing is i want to just make sure if i when i am stopping that there is someone who can take over and not like drop the ball or like give up on it because like in a weird way people before me built everything and I just like kept it going mm-hmm. and I feel like it'd be in disservice to them and disservice to me to like not pass it on to someone I feel comfortable with that would keep the torch going for however long until someone new comes along. You know what I mean? hundred percent. I, uh, have, have been a fan of the long, long Island scene for a while. And I, I was kind of curious cause, um, uh, when backtrack was active, right. Backtrack, uh, you know, huge band, um, you know, d- did a lot. And I, I was always curious, like how Long Island would move on after Backtrack decided to call it quits, because obviously, like when you lose a big band from your scene, yeah. uh, you know things can change drastically. And um, I, I was always curious to see how um, you know the scene would continue on without them. And it, mm-hmm. it, it's been really fun to to watch the scene just uh, you know kind of like grow stronger, especially with all of the the newer bands that have come after backtrack, you know, uh, and I love backtrack. So shout out to backtrack. Um, um, So uh, I I, I was kind of curious, like um, at that point, like, um, were you uh, ever curious about what things would be like after backtrack 
because in my opinion i thought it was like kind of sudden for them to call it quits um i i thought i thought that would be like one of those bands that would go on and be an active band forever um but like were you caught off guard obviously like i i know you're friends with like those guys so i'm sure you probably knew but um like what was that like for you in that time um so like kind of going back to what i was saying before is like everything is just like everything history repeats especially in hardcore like Mm -hmm. you know no matter what history repeats so like obviously before backtrack you know there was the bands from the past generation of long island that was touring and then they were slowing down and it would be like bands like say like this is hell straight from the past crime stereo whatever you want to say there were like you know a, a bunch of bands yeah and then i'm sure when they slowed down everyone was like oh like what's gonna happen but at the same time like backtrack was doing stuff and like incendiary blah 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 so when when backtrack decided to call it quits i think they i don't know if they necessarily thought of this but i think they kind of knew that long island would be fine and long island did have bands that like people cared about because at that point when they were breaking up which was honestly only 2019 it's crazy to think about there was incendiary which is like one of the biggest hardcore bands right now uh there's uh king nine was doing their thing um there's obviously regulate there was uh you know, Hangman, you know, us was doing shit. Like there were other bands from Long Island in a weird way, carrying the torch in terms of like touring and like being on people's radars. So I feel like, you know, Backtrack, if it wasn't for Backtrack, a lot of the bands I just listed wouldn't even be bands or like even have probably people like, like checking them out because I think Backtrack did put a spotlight on Long Island, Mm -hmm. especially for a long time. And like, you know, there were some bands that people never cared about, but then once Backtrack started, they checked out like Long Island bands. I mean, more so King Nine when King Nine started, like people checked out Neglect and stuff like that. But when like Backtrack was a band, I feel like it was a time when maybe New York hardcore wasn't a big thing, so like people would check out like older New York hardcore bands, which is cool. Not necessarily Long Island, but just New York in general. Yeah. Um. So I think them breaking up wasn't necessarily like a bad thing in terms of long island like i wish there was still a band because in my opinion i don't think a band ever needs to break up because they're gonna end up playing a fucking show in like two to five years anyway whether it's for a benefit which obviously sucks because if a benefit's happening that's obviously something bad happening or just you know like being like yo i like miss my friends and like we talked about playing a show and like it could be fun like you know and there's nothing wrong with a band wanting to like just play a show again you know as long as they're not cash grabbing it and like just like killing their legacy but um yeah it happens yeah but no i think uh long island's you know great you know with or without them i wish they were still a band and i i'm sure i'm sure they'll play again you know whether, yeah. uh, most likely for a benefit mm-hmm. but like i think they left uh, long island good hands i i do wish that some of the band members do other bands like I mean, actually, fucking John Lopez is in King Nine now. Chris Smith's also in King Nine. Mm-hmm. Chris Smith also has like Victory Garden with Danny. They're, so like, they're still doing shit. The only yeah. one that's not really active is, is Ricky, I guess. Yeah. And um, he, he does a label stuff, right? Yeah, he's. Yeah. The, but that's the thing, though. Is like yeah. he still has a hand in hardcore. He's yeah. like giving back with Flat Spot, and then Vitalo is fucking, you know, managing Terror yeah. and Turnstile and all that shit. So Arms they way, all have right? their hands. Mm-hmm. So. You know, they didn't leave like being like, all right, fuck hardcore. Like, I'm over it. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. Literally, all of them are still involved in a way, which is awesome. 100%. Yeah. I love that they're all still participating in, in some aspect and doing good things, even if people aren't really aware uh, like, you know, of certain things. Yeah. And like, you know, um, and funny, like, I know Vitalo has talked about wanting to do another band. So I hope he does. And like with California people, apparently it's been talked about for like, however like two or three years so i I just hope it happens um because he's a great he's 
I think one of the best current front men. He was very good at like working the crowd and all that. Um, he's definitely a dumbass because he's like one of my best friends, so I can call him that. But I love him. But yeah, he definitely should do another band uh, just for fun because I know he has all that energy in him still. Mm-hmm. And then I hope Ricky does a band too, whether it's just like you know him writing everything, like writing out a demo, or just like him getting with some friends being like a second guitar player or something. Cause he's very good at writing music as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Long Island's sick right now and it's going to continue being <laughs> sick. And I can't believe how many people care about Long Island bands right now. And it's awesome. hundred <clears throat> percent. Just want to say, I saw hangman for the first time on one of backtracks last tours. Oh, is that when they were in California? Yeah. I was, I, I, I got some texts. They're like, yo, like you got to show up early. Check out that band hangman. They're from Long Island and they're six. I'm like, all right. And yeah, yeah, I have like this hangman shirt. I think this red shirt right here is a hangman shirt that I've never nice. worn. It's just in my closet. Yeah, uh, they were uh, they were also one of the younger bands or newer bands that like was like, all right, fuck, we're gonna tour, and they were like, you know, pretty going going pretty strong. Um, now that obviously that painted truth's a thing and Koyo's a thing, mm-hmm. I don't know how much they're gonna tour or like how often they're gonna play shows because obviously I feel like painted truth's probably gonna try to. Go for it, yeah. And then Koyo's obviously going for it, and Harold's and Koyo. So yeah. I don't really know. Um, I do. Yeah. I, they wrote Hangman, that. They they wrote that song for that uh, for, for the comp. Um, yeah. And that was an awesome track. It, it, it reminded like me of that Hangman's still an awesome band. So um, yeah. obviously I I know they got other things going on, but I I hope they just don't let that go away. No, I don't think they will. And also, Hangman in a weird way is to um, is to. Not not to blame because that sounds bad, but like if it wasn't for Hangman, there weren't. There's like a whole younger generation of kids now that like saw Hangman first or or just Hangman super fans. Mm-hmm. So if it wasn't for them, they wouldn't have like brought in this whole new wave. So like, you know, even for like a smaller band, and I'm not saying that in a mean way, um, to like make such an impact on Long Island, you know, is great. And uh, I hope they remain a band and only play every once in a while if they are trying to do that or if they tour you know whatever um but they deserve the recognition because they did help long island in a, in a great way 100 percent. well scanlon this has been super awesome i i appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this podcast it, it, it definitely is um, always a pleasure of mine to be able to talk to anybody from long island because like i said at the very beginning everybody that i've talked to up until now including you now um, has been mm-hmm. nothing but uh, you know great to me. So I I, I just uh, I appreciate that and makes me respect uh, your guys' scene that much more. Yeah, man. I mean, I appreciate all the kind of words, and I really appreciate you asking me to you know do the podcast. Um, I like that this one was a little bit different because we didn't re- like most of the podcasts I've done. We've honed in on like how I got into everything and like you know like um, just like kind of like a longer version of that. But I like that this was more like uh, specific questions and kind of covering all different aspects of what I do. So I appreciate you for sticking out and uh, doing research in a way. Um, And yeah, I had a great time. All right. Well, before I sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? Um, um, Is there anything I want to say? Um, Not necessarily in terms of like, you know, for like Long Island stuff, I hope kids are psyched on all the bands coming out of from Long Island. I hope kids that are, that do live on Long Island continue to go to shows and like, check up on like older bands in terms of like the history and like what current bands are being influenced by, because I think that's a lost art as well. Not a lot of current band or current kids like check 
older Long Island New York hardcore bands out or even Long Island hardcore bands out. So definitely do that. Um, I think that um, everyone in the world should be more empathetic and try to be understanding of other people's feelings and uh, where they're coming from in life. And uh, if you don't do therapy, you should try it, even if you don't have anything wrong going on in your life, you know, um, it'll help you. It might make you realize something you didn't even realize about yourself. And then also, um, if you have any grudges, try to try to sort it out, you know, try to smooth it over. It's probably been long enough where you and the person have kind of forgotten what you guys are fighting over or realize that a conversation could squash that awkwardness. So, yeah. Just reach out to somebody and also reach out to someone that's your friend and tell them you love them because it's cliche, but you really don't know how long we're going to be here in life. So let the people that you love, let them know that you love them. That's all, all right. I gotta say. Hell yeah. Well, I, I appreciate your time. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>